Gary Hoffman. Yeah. Baby. Shannon Farron. And I'm not going to brag about how much ass I kicked, but let's just say I kicked every single ass. Gary and Shannon. Well, that was quick. That was abrupt. Well, welcome, everybody. <laughs> yeah. What a great crowd handle lined up for us. Look at this. We are, uh, we are live today at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, and we are out here for yet another KFI Postathon to benefit Katarina's Club. We are ecstatic that we have a lot of people out here today. And we would love it if you guys would come and join us as well. We love doing this postathon every year from the White House. But as you know, unfortunately, it was lost in a fire. It is in the rebuilding process. But this is a heck, and I'm a shoot heck and darn person today because we are at Christ Cathedral. <laughs> this is a heck of a new venue. This crowd, I mean, everyone can fit in here. There's enough parking to go around for everyone. We are right off the 5 freeway at City Drive. Here's how you get here if you're on your way. You turn right onto Chapman, left on Lewis. You take the second driveway on the right. There's a lot of signs if you look for them. Uh, follow the signs to the drop-off point and parking area. The cultural center is directly behind the drop-off tents. That's where we are. Look at this beautiful Christmas tree we have. How did we score that? I don't know. That's even bigger than the one in the lobby at our at our building. Hey, if you're on your way down here, could you bring me a dryer sheet? I'm dealing with some serious static <laughs> cling. Can anybody come rub Shannon's shirt real quick? I need, I need a dryer sheet. Stat. With, with a dryer sheet, I think, is probably the best way to make sure that I say that. Now, there is a lot going on. Obviously, we're out here today to raise money and pasta and sauce to benefit Katarina's Club. Uh, but we are going to keep you updated on what's going on with our fire situation here in Southern California. We're not out of the, uh, out of the woods yet, pardon the pun, uh, with all of the danger. So we're going to check in with Chris Carlo in a little bit. Uh, we will also introduce you to some of the people that you hear on our show every week. Uh, that includes uh, Justin Warsham, host of the Dad Podcast, who's actually walking around already. We'll talk to him in the 11 o'clock hour. We, we, uh, Dr. Wendy is going to join us in the lunchtime hour. We're going to talk about her auction item that's available today. Mo Kelly is going to join us a little bit later, and we'll do Mo on the movies. A quick sneak preview, of course, of uh, the new Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. He gets to see it on, uh, on Monday, if you can believe that. But a big round of applause for Amy King. You guys don't get to see her very often. Hey, everybody. And then uh, also you'll, you'll recognize Blake. Uh, board op Blake is around here as well. He's the one wearing the single ready-to-jingle sweater back here in the corner, the one that looks a little bit like Jesus, if I can say that. Uh, uh, I'll say, blasphemy, he's blasphemy. The one who, he's the one who looks like Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters. And then uh, producer Oscar is around as well. So if you guys get a chance to come in and see and meet these guys, we'd really uh, you guys are going to have a, a great time. And, of course, Stop by and see Bruno. Uh, I heard Handel mention today that his book, The Power of Pasta, is available today. $20. Hi, Bruno. No kisses to you, Bruno. No, no. More to you. Hey, have you read the book yet? Making it awkward. I've read the recipes. Oh, that a girl. So I read the book because I got to meet and talk to Bruno and do some stories with him uh, earlier this week. I cried through half the thing. I swear, you guys, Bruno gets a special place in heaven. Really. I mean, yeah. it's, it's amazing what he's done and how many kids he's helping and how many more he wants to help and how he's not only helping kids, but he's helping families. And that's all outlined in the book. So if you, if you want a good read and you want to feel really good, 
go buy Bruno's book. We are going to check in with Chris and Carlo. He has been covering the Thomas Fire for us all week in Ventura County. What a monster. 132,000 acres they're at right now. Containment 10%. We're talking about 50 thousand people out of their homes at this uh, just devastating 435 structures destroyed but the latest fire that that caught last afternoon yesterday afternoon uh, in Fallbrook this broke out we're talking dry hot windy conditions across the Fallbrook area uh, retirement communities thoroughbreds and racehorse stables all engulfed in flames this area this thing exceeded six square miles in a matter of hours 65 structures destroyed a lot of those homes. We are not out of the woods with a red flag warning going through at least tomorrow. Uh, you know, listen, as, as much time as we have spent in the last few days talking about fires and how destructive they've been, it appears that we have only lost one life in all of this. One, one you know, person that was killed and apparently in a car accident that may have been a result of the fire up near Ojai. That's an amazing thing. There is a sad undercurrent through all of this, though. Uh, Monica Ricks, who's been on the fire in the Silmar area for a long time, told us about the, uh, the, the horses that were killed. Uh, and it's just a heartbreaking story because they just couldn't get out of the way. And then yesterday, in that lilac fire that you were talking about, down in the Fallbrook area, some thoroughbred horses. I mean, we're talking high-end race horses may have also been killed as a result of that fire. So just some, again, it's, it's not great. But if you took a look at the human toll here, apparently there's only been one death and just minor, minor injuries when it comes to the firefighters also. The Associated Press talked to Cynthia Olvera, 20 years old. She was evacuated and went to Fallbrook High School, which was serving as one of the evacuation centers. She had been at her home in Bonsall with her younger sister and nephew when her father called them uh, from the family nursery to say the fire had reached the gate of their property. It's a big sprawling area. And they start to drive away, but then they realize that they had forgotten some personal documents, so they turn back. And when they turned back, it was already too late. Uh, the home was already engulfed that quick. That's how, that's how much time people are, are having to get out, which, which really underlines the thought that we've had all week that's come from the, the fire authorities in L.A. and now in, in San Diego area is, you know, don't wait for the deputies to, to drive by, you know, and, and make that announcement on the loudspeaker. You know when you're in danger. You know, your gut knows. Yeah. We, last night, I told you that on Tuesday when, when all of this really started popping off and we knew that the fire, the fire that burned near Santa Clarita, my wife called and said, hey, should I start getting stuff together? I said, it's not going to hurt. Right. I mean, you the have, worst that happens right. is you take the pictures from the closet to the car and then take them back from the car to the closet. That's exactly That's right. That's the worst that happens. But last night, for example, we left the house. All of us left the house. The kids, the wife, every, we all left the house. And when we went outside for the first time all week, we could see open flames from where, from where I live. We could see the, the fire out near Fillmore, Santa Paula. And we said, well, maybe maybe we don't we just, leave. Maybe we just keep an eye on this. Just, uh, you know, you never yeah. know what's going to happen. So what she did is we took, we packed her car full of stuff, full of what, you know, the documents and the pictures and the, you know, the keepsakes and parked about a half a mile down the road, which would have been way in the middle of a residential area. It would have been far away from the, from the, you know, any exposure to any wildland or brush or anything like that. But it was one of those precautions that we've sure. been ready to go all week. Yep. And we've had people who have said, you can stay at our place. We know where we would go. We know who we would, he would, we would contact. 
but that's because we didn't wait. We didn't wait for the sheriff's deputies to come rolling through the neighborhood. We didn't wait for the fire engines to be at the end of the cul-de-sac trying to do structure protection while we're in there, you know, in our underpants trying to put together our uh, private, uh, you know, secret documents or whatever. That's always a fear of mine. <laughs> what is it? Women always have that like, fear. Like, I'm in the shower, and I'm thinking, what if this is when the earthquake hits? And I'm, what if I, I'm cut off from my closet and my clothes? Does, it, does anyone else ever have that thought? No. Okay, good. I'm not oh, alone. She does. Other people do. No dudes. You, you know, do? Bert you're, does? You're trying to relax in the bathtub. You got some bubbles. And all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. What if this is when it happens? Where, where are my nearest clothes? What? Yes, you. I know Neil's face. And Neil and I had the same thought at the same time. Where did the bubbles come from? Oh, I have bubble bath. I... Bubble bath. I'm not a dude. I'm not like you guys. All right. <laughs> not sure I believe it, but that's fine. I, I'll, go, I'll go with that. Um, so anyway, the, the Thomas fire. By the way, did everybody see the video of the mysterious man in the hooded sweatshirt saving the rabbit? I heard that was Chris Ancarlo. It was not Chris Ancarlo. Oh. We have a good word. It's not Chris Ancarlo. But everybody saw that video, right? This was, this was up near Ojai somewhere. I don't even know the exact location, but... It's a, it's a dramatic video with orange flames licking in the background, and this mysterious figure sees a little bunny rabbit run across the, str- the road. And he and starts into freaking the out. Fire. And, and he's, he's, he's jumping he's around, jumping up and, and he's down. like, oh my gosh, what should I do? There's a bunny. And he's apoplectic about this. Uh, so the, then he, he rescues the bunny. He reaches his hands into the flames. Okay, he didn't burn himself. The, well, we don't know that. Okay, he didn't burn himself. And he got the bunny. And he got the bunny. The bunny came back out, and, and he picked it up and, and carried it away. And the cameraman who caught this on video tried to get the guy to do an interview, and he didn't want to have anything to do. No interviews. I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm emotionally wrecked by what I saw. The New York Post ran an article today. I don't know if anybody saw this. That said he probably should have left the bunny alone. Like, he probably no. made situation worse. Disagree. By rescuing this rabbit. Disagree. I'm, I'm going to read to you. Uh, Because this is pretty funny. Local animal experts warn that any wildlife spotted near a fire should be left alone. Why? Because it tastes better after it's cooked. Especially, that's not what it says. You are so uh, wrong. You know, we are in a house of God who cares about all life. Right next door, house of God, right next door. God created fire. Fire and animals have lived in conjunction for millennia. Hey, can we go check in with Chris Ancarlo and Wait save your soul? Uh, they said that they are the the cottontails, the ones like the ones that live here in Southern California. These cottontails mm. are still giving birth to litters around this time of year, and they may be keeping them safe underground. So this may have been a mama bunny running to its little warren of baby bunnies, oh. and all he did was take the mama away. They're fine. Those babies are strong. They will survive. Strong like bunny? Chris, That's never. Nobody says strong like bunny. Chris and Carlo joins us now from Ventura area where that fire is still a massive problem for firefighters. Chris, what is the latest? I'm wearing my bunny strong t-shirt, so you know, you're, you're <laughs> I'm working. Uh, you know what? Right now I'm in Carpinteria, and I'm scouting out the north side of this fire because that's where it's expected to grow. And uh, I was coming down the 150, it was going to go up by Lake Casitas, and... CHP turned me around. 
typically I'm like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm just going to go anyway. But in this case, uh, there were, you know, smoke columns coming up over the horizon and it's pretty mountainous territory there. So I said, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and turn around right now. Uh, I went up a mountain pass adjacent to where I was just to kind of lay eyeballs on the smoke columns. Uh, and you could hear in the background, those are crews working, hand crews working. So I think, um, you know, according to some people that I talked to down on that scene, uh, law enforcement officials, they, they said that the fire was burning down a hill and that it was in such a way, such a, I guess, manner that they were going to let it burn down this little hill here. This is significant mainly because we're not that far out of carpentry. I'm not that far out of carpentry right now. Uh, so... It is maybe two or three miles down the 150 from where it splits off at the 101, uh, which is the outskirts, uh, the very city limits of Carpinteria. And this is where we saw those mandatory evacuations go into effect last night. Uh, they said it would be in the kind of canyon areas, in the outlying areas, where if it's not you know, built up as a household, it's probably built up as some sort of citrus grove or I think I'm looking at avocado trees right now. I don't know. I'm, my Southern California flora knowledge is not that. <laughs> I'm I mean, disappointed. Yeah, after, after you dropped the coastal juniper on us yesterday, I feel you know, a little... the history of the Erie Canal, <laughs> the coastal juniper, the Grateful Dead reference, and yeah. now we don't know about the flora and fauna? <laughs> well, I know about the fauna. That's I rescued the bunny. Uh, right, Okay. <laughs> Claiming credit for the for the bunny rescue. Uh, what are the conditions weather-wise out there? Because uh, I've noticed that, uh, it was very, very windy Monday and Tuesday at my place, but uh, things have calmed down quite a bit. Uh, how are things out there? Uh, right now it's very calm, Matt. Not a lot of wind blowing. Down in at the command post when I was there this morning, we had some lighter gusts. I would say probably getting up around 10 or 15 miles an hour at points. Um, the winds are forecasted along the south and eastern side of this fire, I, if I remember right, about 15 to 20 miles an hour. So that, that runs pretty much in lockstep with what the forecast was. The winds are expected to be lighter on the northern section of the fire, which is where I'm at right now. But again, the problem on the northern side is you just have so much fuel. You know, we, we talk about red flag warnings, for example. I think that the headline is always the wind speed, but the wind speed is only one part of that overall formula. You also have to think about humidity, and you also have to think about the, the possible fuel that is there for a fire to burn through. So even if you have no wind, a fire still can make a run uphill or downhill. And the challenging thing that we learned last night is that as these Santa Ana winds diminish, um, they're still with us. You know, make no mistake about it. But as they diminish, you're running into this uh, counterforce, which is the the uh, the onshore flow, um, and or the offshore flow. I always get it mixed up. The, the the winds blowing from the ocean, and you end up with this uh, this mixture of uh, of air mass, and you basically get this cauldron of wind that is very difficult for firefighters to manage because it can go, you know, to the east, to the west, to the north, to the south at a moment's notice, and before you know it. You know, firefighters are in harm's way, but also properties in harm's way as well. Hey, uh, you mentioned the onshore-offshore flow. It's been offshore because of the Santa Ana winds. Is there a a concern that maybe it does flip over the next uh, 24, 48 hours and actually come onshore and maybe push this thing back towards the east in areas it hasn't burned? Yeah, the... uh 
the concern isn't that we get a full wind shift, but that we will, in places, have a stronger flow coming from the ocean. Um, and I think the primary concern for that really would be along the 126 corridor to the uh, to the east of Fillmore, because if you, if you're coming down, let's say you're coming down the 101 or you're coming down the 126 from Santa Clarita, it's going to look really intimidating. That fire is going to look really intimidating. But in that section. They are willing to let it burn the way it's burning because it's actually burning up to the top of the mountain. And as it gets up there, it's easier for them to, to manage. It's easier for firefighters to kind of contain things. But if the winds do shift, then you end up with this dynamic where um, you have a fire line that's essentially been fighting the wind on that flank of the fire throughout the entire week. The fire's been essentially growing to the east while the winds have been blowing to the west. And if the wind then picked up to the uh, to the east, then help the fire has been fighting the wind now the wind will be its its uh its friend so it's a challenging fire because again like we just have so much territory that they're playing with uh, 132,000 acres have burned so far and that number again we expect to go up you know part of the reason that that number went up overnight is simply they had better uh better mapping capabilities and um that's uh as I think kind of a good sign because it means that firefighting assets can now be spent working on, you know, managing how large the fire is, but also looking at the damage that the fire has caused. Chris, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Appreciate Yeoman's your work job, all, Chris. all week long. You've been working 18 hour days, if not more. And uh, great job, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, nothing for firefighters. Though. These guys are out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but none of them saved a bunny. Well, yeah. Well, we don't know that. They could have, they could have saved bunnies. Have it just didn't that. get caught on film like uh, Ann Carlo did. Round of applause for Chris Ann Carlo, too. That guy has been, look. He's it's a, rough. It is not an he, easy he's task. He's probably lived on trail mix and water, like like uh, half-filled water bottles from October that he finds in his car. In if I remember correctly, <laughs> that's what you, you eat and drink on the fires. Tastes like phthalates. Uh, yeah. Nilla wafers <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, but fruit pack. There you go. <laughs> and recycled sweat. I'll All buy right. you a bratwurst on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, super thank you. Duper. All right. Well, we have exciting times here. Oak Ridge Private School in Orange. They have been busy all month for Katarina's Club and Chef Bruno helping to feed more than 3,000 kids in Orange County every week. How did, how did it work? Justin. Uh, well, here I'm here right now with uh, Ronnie, right? Yes. And what is your position at Oak Ridge Elementary? Um, I am the pre- president of Oak Ridge Private School Student Council. President. And you guys raised how much in uh, donations? Like how much pasta and sauce are you donating here today? We donated 628 pounds of pasta and sauce. What? 628 pounds of pasta and sauce. And save some of those thunderous applause because it does not end there. Is there more that I'm you are sure providing today? Right now. You what? Are we it's not, not on? Uh, yeah, I'm, not, I'm sorry. We're, we're, I don't think Justin's mic is on the uh, we hear him in the, the room. Yeah, we but hear not you. The... I want the people in the cars. Oh, the people at home can't hear me. Your beautiful contribution. We're gonna have to start all over. That was a great dry run. Oh, everybody. Oh, okay, Chris, no worries. That was a great dry run, guys. Here we go. Okay, now I'm just I'm getting I'm getting word in my ear right now that they can hear us. They're they're reading us live. I'm getting thumbs up. Okay, we're back on location. I know I sound beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, back there's ominous studio voice. Uh, once again, who are you and what is your position at Oak Ridge Private School? I am the president of 
Oak Ridge Private School Student Council, and uh, we raised 628 pounds of pasta and sauce. Yeah! Almost as good the second go around, right? But it doesn't end there, Ronnie. What did what also are you guys donating today? On behalf of Oak Ridge Private School, we donated one thousand dollars. Come on! Thank you guys very, very much on behalf of all of us here at KFI's Pasa. Another round of applause for Oak Ridge Private School. And the giving does not end there, my dear friends, Gary and Shannon. Uh, right up here, please step forward. This uh, lovely lady here, her name is Reagan. And who are you with, Reagan? Wagon Train Feed and Pet. And that is of Orange, I understand, correct? Yes, it is. City of Orange. Yes, City of Orange. And uh, you guys also came with a donation. And I went out there to do this on Facebook Live, if you want to check out the handle Facebook page. And there was uh, there was t- tale of a 2,000-pound donation. That was incredible. Is that what you guys actually brought? We actually brought 3,000 pounds. Wow. <laughs> wow. Come on! 3,000. They said, two, not enough. We're going to give you another third of it. Go all the way. 3,000 pounds on behalf. And uh, Wagon Train, you guys are like a one-stop shop for all your pet needs? Yes. We do um, pigs, goats, chicks, puppies. We do grooming. We have pet supplies. We send home over 100 chicks a month. Wow. And even if Carlo needed a bunny rescue kit, you could provide that for him? <laughs> oh, yeah. We could have helped him out easily. See, thank you there guys you again. Another fantastic donation from Wagon, Tri- Wagon Train. Thank you again, Reagan. Back to you, Gary. Wow, thank you very much. We appreciate that. We're, we're, we're ecstatic that we have this turnout. I mean, we're so happy that you guys come out to do this. But you don't have to be all the way out here if you want to help donate. You can go to our website. You can go to KFIAM640.com. Use the keyword Postathon. They'll show you ways right there online that you can donate. You can also, of course, come on out, and we'd love to see you out here. Bring your pasta, bring your sauce, bring your donation, however you want to do it. We are at Christ Cathedral, and the easiest way to get here is just off of I-5 at the City Drive. You're going to turn right onto Chapman, then left onto Lewis. There's a bunch of signs out there. And if you get into the campus here, once you get into the campus of Christ Cathedral, big gold balloons outside that spell the word pastathon uh that's where we're broadcasting from the donation spot is just outside as well so there'll be people out there that will guide you in and get you through here we'll be here all day all day all the way through conway at 10 o'clock tonight you just heard justin i personally might not be here the whole time because I have a four-hour drive to get back home, but Conway will be here until 10 o'clock. How's you, that? You just heard Justin uh, Worsham there with the uh, Oak Ridge Private School and their massive contributions. He's going to be talking with us coming up at 11, like he usually does on Thursdays, host of the Dad Podcast, with all of his research and, uh, and work he does working with, with people that, that help parents become better parents. And he's going to talk to us about the importance of giving for kids and teaching kids about charity and, and coming to things like this and giving back. Yeah. Uh, when we come back also to the Gary and Shannon show, we are going to talk with Bruno. The reason why we're here uh, is that Bruno has a heart that is larger than any building on this campus, than any county, than all of Southern California. We're going to talk to Bruno uh, about what it is that he is able to do with the donations that we bring in for him at the Postathon. So that's coming up next. Come join us. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Wake up in the morning feeling like Pete hey, Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm going to hit this city. Before I leave, brush my teeth with Gary a bottle. Because when I leave we for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking back. We have to believe out. 
Jack? Yes. I brushed my teeth with a bottle of Jack, and we can't say that on the radio anymore? Yeah. I think Curtis is going through. Well, I mean, I we're mean, at Christ Cathedral. Oh. Yeah, see, that's what we're doing. Right. We are alive today down in Garden Grove at Christ Cathedral for our seventh annual KFI Postathon to benefit Katarina's Club. Which means our flashback Friday year today, 2010, the first year that we did our work with Bruno. Uh, we want to thank a, a few people who have definitely helped us out today before we talk with Bruno. We want to thank Balloonzilla, all of the great balloons, including all of those that big, the big letters out there that spell out Postathon. That's how you're going to find our broadcast location. You can follow uh, our friends at Balloonzilla. There's a lot of L's in that. At Balloonzilla for your uh, balloon decor needs. You heard Handel mention his real Jew bagels all day. Well, the last few weeks, as a matter of fact. And Western Bagel provided those bagels today. So big thanks to them. Uh, Pacific Coast Termite, one of our corporate uh, sponsors, one of our sponsors that you hear a lot on our station. Pacific Coast Termite, uh, Termite donated $600 today. So a big round of applause for them. And Mountain View Tire and Auto Service. Uh, my friends at Mountain View Tire and Auto Service, the Mitzos Brothers, they donated $500. So a, a big thank you to them as well. Well, we have Chef Bruno here on the stage with us. Uh, Chef Bruno, we, we know you well. All of us in the room know you well. But remind us uh, of why you do what you do in feeding all of these uh, 3,300, I believe you're up to, 3,300 uh, 3, kids. Yeah, we are 3,500 uh, 3, today. 3,500, wow. Yeah, I was, uh, I was doing a speech with some people last night, and I was telling them why. Um, I grew up very poor. Mom, dad, has seven kids. I eat pasta every day for almost 15 years because that's the only food that my parents was able to afford to give us as seven kids. In nighttime, I only had uh, milk with leftover bread as dinner for 12 years. I used to wear clothes from people across the street because they donated to mom and dad. That means when I came to America, as you heard, you know, I was a dishwasher and I grew up in a business and be a successful restaurateur. And when I find out in on my backyard, right here in Orange County, we have a lot of kids in need, and some of them don't have dinner, I decided to do what people did to my mom and dad years ago, help them, donate the clothes, give them food, as they decided to do that. What do you remember about being a kid and maybe being hungry and your parents doing everything that they could for you, but it still wasn't enough? Now, you know what the one thing I always say? I didn't know that I was poor. I didn't know that I was hungry because I had the spaghetti for lunch and milk and leftover bread for dinner. That means I had something. A lot of those kids, they not try to help. Sometimes they go home at night and they don't. If you have a motel kid, you live in a room, in a bedroom, five, six, seven people. There's not even a kitchen there for mom to cook. If you are on a Section 8, a lot of times the family, by the last week of the month, don't even have enough food. I mean, what they decide to do even if some kids have food, I want to make sure that they have at least a, a hot meal before they go back home that night to make sure they eat. And we start with our first kid in 2005, April 18. Now we are in 20 cities in Orange County, 62 locations in Orange County alone. And that is, uh, I think by January, we're probably going to celebrate the 2 million kids served just right here in Orange County. Two million kids. Yeah, that's yeah, two yeah, million that's meals. Easy. That's incredible. And when now, you think of Orange County, you don't think of hungry kids. No, no. Um, I love hearing the stories every year about the kids who come back 
the kids who uh, uh, grow up, whether you've given them a job, you've, whatever it is, they come back and they say to you, Bruno, I remember the first night I ate spaghetti from you or the first night I was, at, I was fed pasta by you. I guess what? It's on my book. You know, then I did, uh, I just launched the book. Today is the official date and I really signed the book. It's called Power of Pasta, which you can find on Amazon or on uh, Barnes Noble. But uh, two, three years ago, I went to a boys' girls' club. And a little kid said, Hi, Chef Bruno. I said, Hi. And he looked at me and said, Do you remember me? I see thousands of kids. I look at him. I say, No. And he was a, <laughs> he was a 19 year old. He said, Come on, Bruno, you don't remember me? He's like, I'm sorry. I said, like, Who are you? <laughs> you know, He's a young kid. He said, I'm Billy. I'm one of the first kids who ate the pasta 10 years ago. He wrote a letter. It's on my book. You will read it on the power of pasta. It's, that's the most amazing thing when you see kids. And now, guess what? He's uh, one of the assistants of the Boys Girls Club of Anaheim. Yeah. And that is the most uh, accomplished thing that I can see. Young kids who are growing up, little men now, 20 years old, remember me, say thanks to me. They work at the Boys Girls Club, helping other kids. Uh, and that is nothing better than see, that. And that's the pay it forward life that you've led where you needed help growing up, your parents needed help growing up, you see people need help growing up, you help them, and now they're doing that for other people. And that's just the reason the book is uh, my story, where I come from, what I did, where we are today. And uh, the funny thing is that the rest of the, the book was finished. It was really too good to print. On February 4th, I had to call the publisher company, Old, because my restaurant went on fire. But uh, the whole book... I remember, the book, I don't make any money. All the profit of the book will go to the kids of Katerina's Club. And the reason I wrote the book, thank you guys, the reason I, called the book, the, I, I did the book because I wanted people to get inspired because you can do what I do somewhere. It, and you see, I have some sister project that's been done in Texas, in Chicago, in New York, in Mexico, in Africa, in Italy, and they're on their own budget, on their own project. I mean, I feel like... A, Read my book, you will see that you can start the same thing too. And the feeling the kids is such a huge deal. And you know, we also have the work from home and the hospitality also. Work from home, family who are living in a motel room, they can't move out, they need a first and last month. Which is impossible at yeah. that point. And, I mean, to save for $5,000, I don't know how many people can save them. Yeah. I know it's not easy, right? Yeah. I mean, I qualify those people. If they have two kids, if they have a job for six months, that means they can't afford to pay their own rent. We pay first last month and they move out to an apartment. We already moved 142 families so far, oh, which is amazing. Well done. Over yeah. thousands of people. And that's just, that's just one of the things. Bruno's going to come back a little bit later in the show. We're going to talk more about not just uh, what you do every night, but also things like the Hospitality Academy, uh, the, the first and last month's rent, getting people into homes, etc. because it's not just the, the feeding of kids that you have done. You've branched out into other areas as well. So we're blessed. We're lucky to be able to, hear, uh, to be here to help you out. If you come on down today at Christ Cathedral here in Garden Grove, uh, Bruno is going to be signing his books called The Power of Pasta. By the way, I, I was going to bring my book. You, gave, you were you know, generous enough to give us a copy. I was going to bring my book so that you would sign it. You already signed it. 
I didn't know that until I opened it up yeah. last night. I was going to put I'm it in the car. Efficient. I'm efficient. I, yeah, <laughs> very smart. Uh, anyway, it's uh, $20. Is that right? Today, $20 today. Today's $20 yeah. here. If you come on down to Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, Bruno will sign the book for you. And again, all of the proceeds go to Katarina's Club. Thank you again. Thank you, and ciao, and I'll talk to you guys later. And Wonderful. Always great to be with K5. Thank you, guys. When Bruno comes back, we'll have a translator for him. No, he was fine. As Thank a, you, at least somebody understanding on English well enough. I know? understood every word. All right, when we come back, we still have some, uh, some real news here to cover today on the Gary and Shannon Show. Uh, remember we told you yesterday about that school shooting in New Mexico uh, northern, uh, northwestern New Mexico. Well, now we're learning this morning that the FBI was tipped off to this guy last year, actually interviewed him and his family. How did they miss this one? All the latest when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Talk. Christ Cathedral and Garden Grove for our 7th Annual Pasta-thon. Coming out, plenty of seats. We'd love to have you out here donating your pasta and sauce. There's other stuff going on in the world, though, unfortunately. Yeah, we're staying on top of details coming out of New Mexico that are awfully troubling. We told you yesterday on the show that a shooter killed two students at uh, New Mexico High School there, Aztec, New Mexico, rural area, northern New Mexico. Well, authorities are talking finally. Details were slow to come out of this tragedy, unfortunately. But we're learning now that the shooter was 21 years old and that he had legally purchased a 9mm Glock a month ago. He had multiple magazines with him, went to the bathroom after disguising himself as a student to get into Aztec High. Now, there was one student, Francisco Fernandez, who was shot randomly by this guy. He had just excused himself from class to go to the bathroom, immediately shot. That's when this guy walked into the hallway and encountered cheerleader Casey Marquez, killed her. He continued to walk up and down the hallway, firing randomly and into classrooms. Officials say they believe that this guy then shot himself. Now, here's where it gets even more troubling. The FBI says there were comments made online by this guy last year that led them to conduct an investigation. Makes you feel good that the FBI is monitoring these dark web places, doesn't it? But unfortunately, there's only so much they can do. They say that he made generic comments in a gaming forum and that the FBI checked databases, interviewed him and his family in March of last year. He did not have a gun at the time, told agents he had no plans for an attack. He didn't have any ties to any organizations, wasn't into, you know, ISIS chat groups online. And the FBI closed that investigation. It's so frustrating when you've got these guys in your clutches. We saw it in Orlando with the Pulse nightclub shooter. We saw it even with the Boston Marathon bombers. It seems like the FBI is right there. They're making contact with these guys, but there's just not enough to hold them. Yeah, and I think that I don't know what has to change there, but something does. Uh, that's one of the stories that's, uh, that is going on today. But we are out here at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove raising money for Katarina's Club. 7th Annual Pastathon. If you come on out, uh, take pictures, whatever it is, use the hashtag Pastathon. We'll get this going. Uh, we have a bunch that we're doing today, including not only just accepting the donations of pasta and sauce and cash and checks, etc., 
But we have auction items that are up on our website. If you go to KFIAM640.com, use the keyword uh, Postathon, you'll see them all of, uh, there, including something we've done a couple of times now, which has been very, very successful. It is the KFI Cocktail Party, which we are going to do on Ooh. Friday, April 20th. You might want to write that down because I think you're supposed to be there. Friday, April 20th. Yeah. Uh, Friday, April 20th. We'll do it at the iHeart Studios there in Burbank where you come on in, you and a friend, you get a tour of our studios, you have an opportunity to talk to all of the hosts, your favorite ones. doesn't have to be us, whoever you choose. 420. And a cocktail or two. And the best part is the Q&A. We all sit up on the stage. And then you get a chance to ask us any questions, no holds barred, about uh, life, career, working with Handle, whatever it is that you want to ask us. What kind of robe John prefers to wear All when he's not stuff. at work. The, now, these are, there is a limited number of these available. There are only 40 packages available. That, by the way, is you and a guest. So there's 40 of those packages available. The cost is $640. That's not really an auction item. It's just something that's up there. So you could go on and pick those up. But again, there's a limited number of those available. What we have online is to attend a Dodgers game in the KLAC luxury suite with us, with Gary Shannon and Blake will be there and Oscar will be there. And you get to see, first of all, how fun is a Dodgers game? And second of all, it's us. Uh, I mean, come you on. Guys are so fun. We are so fun. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank uh, you. John and Ken, last night I'm listening yeah. to them because we were, I don't know if you guys heard yesterday, but we started like a hashtag beat John and Ken thing on Twitter. We were hoping because we were kind of winning for a while. And then I hear John and Ken last night and they said, uh, uh, it's embarrassing. They call us the, the Jerry and Cindy show or something like that. Sandy. Sandy. Jerry and Sandy. Jerry and yeah. Sandy show. Uh, and they said it's embarrassing. And they put the call out to their listeners. Right. I woke up this morning. The, the current bid $2, is ridiculous. $2,700. <laughs> now, that's just silly. That's because just silly. Nobody wants to sit there with them for $2,700. But the thing is, is it, it is for the children. It's not like it's right. for, you know, John and Ken. Right. You know what, guys? I hate to interrupt you. Yeah. But uh, you know what they cannot claim is I am here with listener Carol. Now, you could go to the website. Carol, Carol what won our, our auction last our, year. We did a beer tasting. Yeah. yeah. Come over here, Carol. Stand next to me. Now, Carol is obviously a very generous person because you know her. She went to the, the News and Bru- Not News and Brews. What was it? I don't know what it was. You guys drank beer. We, did, we did a beer it tasting. Was a beer Good times tasting were had. Auction I, I, so yeah. What Carol has come up with is a fantastic plan. It's not on the website, but she is going to offer a donation, but there's a gauntlet that is being thrown at Ooh. our good friend uh, Hoffman, two ends. Uh, what is this gauntlet, Carol? Is it a push-up contest? I'll take you, you out. You need to watch Frozen. <gasps> How oh. much are you donating <laughs> to make Gary Hoffman... Bless you, Carol. To make Gary Hoffman let it go and build a snowman. How much are you donating, Carol? $300. Oh! Bam. Mic drop. Gary Hoffman, do you have what it takes to look her in the eye and deny... The children. Well, now, wait a the children. The children. Uh, how does this work? Do I have to? Do I bid her up? I mean, do I? No, no, out, no. Out? This is how it works. You watch Frozen. You give us a detailed movie report, so we know like that. that you watched it. Exactly. And uh, the three hundred dollars goes to Katarina's Club. Can I and get four hundred not you. to watch it? No, we're uh. trusting you as a gentleman who is having your son watch you promise something that you were going to do it, but your children are watching you. Yes. Wow, Carol, Carol the game no to play. Pressure. No pressure. She ain't playing no games, man. She's throwing it down. Wait, he's crying. Carol, calm down, table. Carol. Calm down. Don't rush the stage, Carol. It's getting crazy here. I love Hold that. On a second. Thank you. I can't wait till you watch Frozen. You're going to love it. It's really a gift to you, Gary. Oh, Curtis. 
Curtis, knock it off. Curtis no. is back in the studio playing Frozen music Curtis, now. Curtis, don't listen to him. You let uh, it go. Oh, uh, boy. Do you accept this challenge, Gary Hoffman? When? What's my timeline? Like, when do I have to well, watch it? Well, I don't know if you still have the DVD. I, it's still yeah. under do the console. Do you? Because it's, it's on console. ABC it's... this Sunday at seven at eight o'clock. If you want to watch it this Sunday at eight o'clock, you got a contingency plan. You plan. need to watch it by Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah, by Christmas. It's a wintry movie. Christmas, Christmas present, season. so that will be her Christmas present. Well, that you have watched it by Christmas. Uh, yes, and it's really a it. gift to you. Is it? And to yours. Is it? Yes. <laughs> you know, and he's going to be dressing up like All right, Elsa here's the deal. Soon. Oh, he's I will. It. I will watch Frozen. <laughs> you make the donation. I will watch we'll Frozen. In Magic fact, made, I'll everybody. watch it this weekend. Oh, thank you. Give a round of applause to Carol, everybody. Let's hear it for her. All right. She's the best. Coming up next, Justin. You just heard him. Justin Worsham from the Dad po- uh, Pat- Podcast. Gosh, it's a tough word. That's all right. Will join us talking about all how charity is good for the kids, teaching about them. To, okay, I'm done. All right, live at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove for our seventh annual Possathon. Back right after this.